How, on a scale of 1 to 10, exactly how sexy is the Macarena to you, Jack? Well, Mark, my wife's a ballerina, so I know from dances, and I know that there is no sexier dance than the Macarena. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horrorcast. This is the Great Town Podcast, brought to you by us over at AtoZHorror.com. I'm Jack, and sitting across from me is Jake. You mind hanging back, Jack? You're jamming the frequency. <laughs> and sitting next to Jake is someone else who used to have an open mind. It's Mark. Hello. For those of you unfamiliar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. And whoo boy, do we have a doozy this week. We watched 1982's Poltergeist, which was a Mark pick, and I could not be more excited to talk about it. It's, am I wrong? Yes, Mother? yes you're God wrong. Damn you're it. wrong again. more often than you're right these days. How is that possible? I don't know, dude. <laughs> Unbelievable. You couldn't even <laughs> say the word words. <laughs> it's just a Jake pick, as everybody knows, and we will dive all the way into that real suit, and when we do, fair warning, we're going to spoil the absolute nonsense out of it. And hey, we do have a Patreon going at patreon.com slash A to Z horror, A-T-O-Z horror, but that is not where your money should be going. So as we have been for the better part of the last year, we are donating all the money that comes through that to Feeding America. Um, so if you want to get some of the perks associated with being a patron of ours while still knowing your money's going to a better place than our dumbasses, that may be a good opportunity for you right now. And hey, if you don't want to be a patron, uh, do please consider doing what you can to, to help somebody. We continue to use Black Lives Matter as a .carrd.co as a good list of places you can donate to help fight against systemic racial injustice. And But if you need a little escapism right now, hopefully you can have some fun in the horror world with us for the next little bit. So on that score, it's time to do the getting drunk part. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> We've, it's we, time for we have we have there's so many transitions you can't like dodge your way out of it. I just need to rewrite the whole thing. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so on that score, let's do beers for fears. Hey, Jake. Hi, Jack. As everybody knows, you picked this movie. What are yeah, your beers knows. for these fears? As they do, as they know at this point, um, I'm assuming you're leaving that all in, which is a hilarious transition, probably Absolutely. the best we've ever done. Um, okay, <laughs> so one of the things that people will note about this movie is that this is about. A whole housing development that's buried on top of a whole bunch of dead guys. So I figured what better way to celebrate the movie than to drink a whole bunch of dead guys. Uh, look at this can. <laughs> look at yeah, this can. Now look at this can. can. This is the yeah. same beer. Apparently dead guy, Rogue, through dead guy, is running some sort of a promo right now where you uh, you paint the can dead. I, I don't know. You submit it. I haven't really read the whole thing. I just got this and I was like, oh. So it's like one of the one of the brews in that joke box is white? Exactly. The rest are yeah. your normal run-of-the-mill dead guy, but so, this particular dead guy looks a little different, and you're yeah, supposed Jake, to you, you make you understand, it your own. You understand? This is an audio medium, medium, and you have not described the can. <laughs> I, I said it was pure white. Well, let me tell you, it's white. Okay. I'll well, actually take you. a picture thank and post it to Patreon. Out. It's been a minute, so patrons, you're at luck. There you go. Any drinking a whole bunch of dead go. guys. Yep, I thought about going that route. Ultimately, I went a different route. I tried two different places to get cans of this. Shocking to me that I couldn't, so I ultimately had to get a growler of it. Uh, I am drinking a beer by Edge Brewing here in Boise. I'm drinking an obligatory IPA um, because this movie has kind of become obligatory to discuss in the list of all-time horror classics. This movie, people still describe as being a cult classic and having a cult following. That's just simply Made incorrect. $120 million. It was nominated for two Academy Awards. Like this, this movie is just 
when you're discussing horror movies and the greatest ones of all time, this is an obligatory mention. I think it's obligatory to mention in almost all so, discussions of horror writ large. I, I mean, I agree, and I don't disagree with the beer selection in that sense. I've, I don't. Whoever said that this is a cult classic is just wrong. That's a bad. It's take. what Wikipedia still they, says. They should not Very have stupid. that take. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> I agree. Okay. <laughs> uh, but either way, I am drinking some obligatory IPAs. Mark, how about yourself, buddy? I went a slightly different route with it. I don't think this beer is directly name-checked, but it gets pretty close when he gets up, up in his boss's face about, you arrogant bastard, you move the headstones. <laughs> I'm drinking an arrogant bastard. Nice. I don't think he nice. actually literally says that, but it's pretty he close. definitely doesn't, but either way. It's pretty close. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised there wasn't uh, more Bud product heavy. placement for a beer yeah. in this movie. Well, because they just had a bunch of Bud Heavy, you know? They And Cheez-Its. Fuck, they had eight seconds of Cheez-It product placement. My God. Um, either way, good job all around, boys. But drinking beer and watching Poltergeist isn't the only thing we've done in the course of the horror, in the horror world over the course <laughs> of the last week. I'm having a weird day. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I can't talk today. Good. Um, we might have also experienced some other shit. Have either you boys got any lost beers for fears to pay up on yep okay then let's cue that sound effect mm, beer just when i think you couldn't possibly be any dumber you go and do something like this what an idiot you suck you jackass uh, Jake, I don't have any, so you, I, Mark gave me a thumbs down uh, off mic, so you are going to be the only one yep. uh, talking about this. What do you got to pay up on? I would sure. just like so to interrupt I real quick to say cube. that my thumbs down was on mic. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. My apologies. Yeah. <laughs> it was I a lost. very audible thumbs down. You, your thumb made that sound it makes when I, you turn it over. Yep. Uh, uh, are you ready for me? Yes. Yeah, buddy. Oh, my God. I lost for cube, and that was... I didn't care for that loss anyway, whatever. Um, <laughs> Mark chose to make a poll so that was every time you lose. basically just related. Well, I spent a lot of money on that one. It had to do with the color red, whatever. It, it doesn't matter <laughs> at this point. I lost, and I, I have watched the movie, so it's over. I just need to accept it, if you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> Mark created a poll about uh, shapes, movies that were shapes. Or movies that do a shape. So I'm imagining Sphere was on there, the triangle. And what I actually, else? I don't, I don't remember what Sphere the was two not that on there. Weren't the winner were? I I watched the pyramid because that one. One of, one of them was Cube Zero, and the other one yeah. was Circle, which was that weird like Netflix one from. Oh, the Circle, ago. yeah. Oh, is that not Tom the Hanks? It's just and like circle. Emma Watson or whatever. No, not that one. It's another one that's a much smaller indie flick mm, that apparently is like it. okay, but whatever. is the Tom Hanks one called The Circle? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Made just for Jack. <laughs> Pretty sure. Uh, anyway, right, I watched The Pyramid. This thing's from, like, 2014. Um, produced by Alexandra Aja, and it was directed. This is the only directing credit. I'm not going to even attempt to pronounce his name because it's quite French. But the, the director is mostly a writer. He's done quite a few screenplays, including for High Tension. Um, he also wrote the Elijah Wood remake of... Maniac, which we recently reviewed on the podcast. Anyway, I, I went into this one knowing very little about it other than that it was about a, a pyramid. It took place inside of a pyramid and that Mark watched it and said it was like the worst movie he's ever seen. So my one of expectations were super duper low. And I think that probably colored my overall experience because it wasn't as bad as I was expecting to be. That being said, it was a low bar to clear it. This is a bad movie. Like, don't go watch it. Let me just say that up front. <laughs> 
the the concept is stronger than the execution, which is saying very little. I like the idea of people basically like spelunking into an ancient Egyptian pyramid and horror ensuing, but it's just a rough watch. Like it's it's written not well, which I guess I already like kind of talked about the guy who wrote it. So whoops. But in any case, like it's it's written not well. The acting doesn't really go anywhere. It it fails to build momentum. The CG, which is the primary thing that I remember Mark talking about, does it no favors. Like, I've seen worse, but there's a <laughs> lot of it in this movie. Like, a lot. There's an Anubis running around and killing people, and it looks like you would expect when I talk about bad CG. Um, it's poorly lit, which I guess makes sense because you're inside a pyramid that's underground, but at the same time, like, it's poorly lit, and it's hard it's to fucking look at. a bad viewing experience. And it ends with one of those stupid, cheap-ass, shitty jump scares. And I just, it's not a good movie. But, you nice. know, it wasn't, like, one of the worst things I've ever seen. So I, I guess I was pleasantly surprised. I was expecting the director's name to be much harder to pronounce than effectively Gregory Levasseur. I don't know. Gregory Levasseur. Gregory Levasseur. <laughs> Greg. Either way. Um, all right. Yeah. Sounds I don't like have much sticks. else as far as notes are concerned. It was, it was, I watched this well over a week ago at this point. Um, not a recommend, but it's also not one of the worst things I've ever seen. So I don't know. There you go. Well, let's uh, cue Mr. Bucket and talk about regular rocking horror worlds then. Mr. Bucket, <laughs> I put your balls in my mouth. Uh, Mr. Bucket, push your balls in my mouth. All right, boys, I have three to talk about, and Jesus. I happen to know the oh, other really? two of you have at least one of them in common with me. Oh, yep, that's true. So we'll start off with this one. little plug for the Patreon feed. Today, after this, we are going to be recording an episode where we're going to do a little mini review of the WNUF Halloween special uh, for timing. some reason. Weird in, yeah. timing. Mark has Late a plan, November. Sure. Uh, but I yeah, we have, have actually, Mark suggested this uh, so a month a after Halloween. I don't know why, but we all three watched that. We will be talking about it more in depth. Had either of you guys ever seen this one before? No. Ye part <laughs> A part of it. Um, this is like 2013 comedy horror. Uh, the, the conceit of it is that it's a guy watching, a, or a person watching a VHS of like a, a just they recorded a local channel in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s, and they're fast forwarding through some parts. There's a lot of like local commercials. All of it's produced. A ton of fucking work went into this thing, but like kind of why? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a very strange anthology wherein the anthology is all just commercials. And then there's a frame narrative that's like. All right, I guess. The frame like narrative some... is the horror part. <laughs> yeah. The local news station that's investigating a haunted house. Uh, and the other weird part is, like, the, this movie has total inconsistencies. Like, sometimes the oh, local shit. commercials are a crazy parody of local commercials that exist. Sometimes they're spot on and not really all that funny just because they seem like actual local commercials mm -hmm. from the 90s. Mm -hmm. And some one of them was just, like, a really earnest anti-suicide PSA that they made in there that was... Like I did, it didn't I think, make sense. I mean, maybe if you were to go back and watch these like local spots from the '80s, it would feel that way too. Like it, it, it might just be shockingly accurate. Like all they would well, have had to have done is... is pull out one of those VHSs, like my parents have, where they've you know taped a movie from back then, and I'm sure I'd find some shit that would be similar. I think in large part it is all very accurate and fits well within mm -hmm. the time. Uh, but just sometimes they were so obviously parodical that when they weren't it's weird 
Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, is it? And it starts to wear thin a little bit at the first like fifteen minutes or so. Yeah, okay, fine, <laughs> quite a bit. The first fifteen <laughs> minutes or so, I was like totally on this train. I was like, yeah, I'm loving this nostalgia charm stuff. And then when they're cutting away from the local newsfeed, like when shit is happening, just to show you Hank's house of carpet or whatever the fuck it is for the fourth time, yeah. it's like. And then the person watching just fast forwards through it to get back. What? Yeah, very, very what? strange. Well, the I, the piece I with wanna... the person watching it and the choices of when to fast forward and when not to. Like, first of all, why'd you do it? Like you said, Mark. And then second of all, it just it. If you think about that logically, it makes no sense. Yeah, it's. I don't. I want to keep our powder a little bit dry on talking about the thing. Yeah, overall, let's let's keep it tight. Scale. Let's keep it uh, tight. But I. I thought it's a really cool thing. A ton of care and work went into this thing. It's very that's very which in the last thing I'll say I agree with you. Interesting to think about the care and work that went into it, like you said, Jack. But it's best I think viewed as a that time of year piece that you throw on in the background while you're doing other stuff. Which when they put that much care into it, it's kind of tough to be like, yeah, it's background fodder. But it is. But it is. Uh, And we'll also say it's on Shutter. Yeah. Good point. Uh, this one is a lot harder to find. In fact, it's been completely impossible to find for about the last year or so. But the better version of this is Ghostwatch. Ghostwatch yes. actually fucking rules and is doing the exact same thing that this movie is. But nice. Significantly better. <laughs> all right. So we all watched that. I mean, I think it's worth watching if you haven't seen it, but mm-hmm. yeah, know what you're getting into. I had an okay time. Yeah. You kind of you you only have to half pay attention because you just tune out during the commercials. We <laughs> did. Yeah, I like to. I had this on while I was out in the shop. <laughs> yep, <there you laughs> yeah. um, all right. The other two I've got to talk about. My first one, I think both of you guys watched this kind of closer to when it came out, but this movie just recently became available on HBO Max. So uh, my lovely wife and I watched it. Uh, Underwater. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kristen cool. Stewart and TJ Miller. Um, whoa. What? <laughs> <laughs> what a weird thing that turned into. <laughs> yeah, holy shit. <laughs> well, and also... I was expecting this movie to play out much more like a lot of these movies where you get a lot more time of them comfortably being in the underwater station. No. (laughs) Disaster happens immediately. 45 seconds, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Did you get the Uh, same? So one of the the thing I loved about this movie was the part where they're just fighting against, like, not dying in the underwater station and nothing crazy has happened. I mean, nothing supernatural, I guess I should say, has happened yet. Did you get that same sort of like weird survival vibe thing that I did out of it or not so much? Yeah, no, I did. I buy that. Um, I, I did. Um, the the part of the problem with that for me, I have this problem oftentimes, is that some of the, I think they did take care to make, they change settings a lot in this as they move from one place to another. But it doesn't like feel like you're, you know, it feels like they should feel like they're trapped in this tiny fucking underwater space and it never feels tiny or all that limiting except for when they're in the like elevator. Well, they're outside um, a lot and that's distinctly not tiny. Yeah. Um, either way, I think it's a good movie. I think Kristen Stewart does a pretty good job, gives a good performance. Yeah. Um, interesting concept and a crazy-ass ending. Uh, if you have HBO, no reason not to watch this. I think it's pretty good. Um, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's a watch. Yeah. Not mind-blowing. But pretty good. I gave it a recommend um, a while ago too. I can't yeah. remember what yeah. you said. It, it's a, it, I, was... yeah. Mark liked it more than me, but I think we all think it's a watch. Absolutely. I also I want to talk to you guys about the ending, but I don't want to spoil that here. You're gonna have to remind oh me what the God. ending is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have a I have a vague recollection of what occurred. I'll, I'll bleep it here. The ending is. Cath- <laughs> well, okay, yeah, <laughs> and, and then bomb. Yeah, and then she. 
Uh, so there you go. Uh, the last one I have to talk about, this is one that I, my wife wanted to watch, so we threw it on. I was a little bit tipsy and I accidentally paid $20 to rent it. Oh, dude. Um, on Amazon. Is it the so, one I, okay, I have a, okay. Is it J- What do you think I'm about to talk new about, New Mutants. Jake? Come on, New Mutants. I am, I am guessing, uh, Love and Monsters. Neither. Fuck. No. Okay. This is The Craft Legacy. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Jack, Why? Uh, my wife wanted to watch it. Oh, okay, fair. Twenty bucks though. Oh I, no, that part I was drunk. I didn't notice before. Like you, I, you have a. I don't mm-hmm. even have a pin mm-hmm. set up on my mm-hmm. Amazon, mm-hmm. so I just clicked through. Mm-hmm. Oof, rough. Um, <laughs> it's like, I've actually sure? bought a movie before doing that. <laughs> I forget which one it was. It's a much better film. Uh, the one with the aliens, and then you they're that. in that like really tall uh, structure. Not really a horror movie, and they oh. communicate with them. I forget what it's called. With oh, the, um, Arrival? Amy Adams. Arrival. Yes, that movie. Yeah, I purchased that. I'm I'm not all that disappointed with the purchase, but I don't. Yeah, know. No, that, that movie, movie rules. rules. I don't think yeah. it's one that I'll ever go back. What the fuck was it called? Arrival? Um, Mark said that. I didn't hear. <laughs> Dude, do you think I can hear Mark? This podcast is like 75 percent crosstalk anyway. So, <laughs> either way, my lovely life and I watched the Craft Legacy. Uh, it's better than I was expecting it to be. Okay. It has a lot of reverence for the original source material. It is updated. Uh, it's 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 if you told somebody who grew up and loved the craft to write at the craft movie for the late 2010s, this is what they you'd expect them to write. Um, and are direct, any and it's are any of the original four or Portia de Rossi or any of like that cast in it? If you're it was Portia de Rossi in the craft? I don't she think so. She was the bad, she was the evil bully lady who lost all her. Oh, uh, no, 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 that wasn't no, uh, that, Portia de Rossi. That was that like was, uh, Christine Taylor. Oh. Okay, whatever. Either Wait, way, um, I, I'm in case you're a little bit worried about spoilers, skip ahead 30 seconds. Uh, at the very end of the movie, it turns out one of their moms is Fruza Balk's character. Great. So it's all okay. it's tied together. But um, not look, played this... by her. Yes, it's Fruza Balk. Okay, so no, okay, so it's not her character played by someone else. It's actually her. It's her. It's okay. Fruza Balk. Okay, so you get a cameo. Great. As or somebody, or somebody who I didn't... I didn't IMDb it, but somebody who looks a whole hell of a lot. There like aren't many Fruzable. people on the planet that look like her, so <laughs> no, there are. Safe money is um, yes. Look, it's it's pretty good. If you like the craft, you'll have fun with this one. There's a lot of nodding stuff to the craft. Um, okay. It's it, it's not gr- great. Like I mean, if you don't like the craft, fucking don't watch this. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that's. I don't have too much more to say about it. It was an enjoyable watch. It's not a fantastic movie, but it. If you like the craft, you'll probably like this and have a little bit of fun with it, especially if you're nostalgic for the craft. Um, that's pretty much all I got to say on that one. So I'm out. Let's go to Jake. Uh, I don't have anything, so I'm glad you chose me. I, I, you know, it's been a busy couple of weeks, and I'm I had a backlog of bet beers, dude, or bet movies, beer bet movies. There you go. <laughs> all right, you hold up your can like you were gonna say something about the can after that thought, but then you just licked the can. Oh, yeah, it was... So we'll move on to Mark. Leaking beer, Jack. (laughs) Yeah, I'm kind of in Jake's boat. Uh, With the holiday weekend being what it was, it was like I didn't really have that much time to throw on horror movies. All I really got to was Poltergeist, WNUF, and then I watched this one last night. So I have one to talk about. I am starting to work my way through the obligatory list of movies that I need to have seen in 2020 for the Omnibus um, because I was politely reminded... Recently, that that is only a few short weeks away. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. We are at the end of a year, guys. Um, Unbelievable. So I watched one that, Jack, I believe you have already seen this, but I watched Relic. 
Um, oh yeah, I've seen Relic. Yeah. Yeah. So you, this is out there. It's not Relic from 1994 or whatever, which that movie also fucking rules. Um, <laughs> Spoiler alert. But this is can, an Australian movie. It is, um, yeah. and you can get it on basically any VOD platform. It's still a little bit more expensive. It's like five bucks instead of the usual four, but whatever. Newer movies are what they are. Um, hey, did I tell you guys I canceled my Netflix disc in the mail thing? Because I no. canceled that. So no! Now Mark. I got an extra $4 a month to rent, rent movies with or whatever the fuck I was paying for that. <laughs> I'm surprised, actually. You, Dude, we, we ran through the entire catalog. There was, like, nothing left. <laughs> they're not adding. They're not making any new DVDs. Uh, yeah, they, they really, really aren't. Um, <laughs> in any case, that is apropos of nothing. Um, anyways, rented this and... How do I mean? Look, I want to get this out there at the start. This is not a fun movie, but it is very interesting and creepy. Yeah, it's a hard watch. Uh, it's I mean, ostensibly about like dementia and Alzheimer's. Yes, um, losing this, one's sense of self. Yeah, and it's one that is overly metaphorical in a way that is frequently dangerous for these movies to go down that path because they just become obtuse and weird. And this oh, so one, it's an A twenty four movie. Very easily could be. Actually, it might be. I can't remember. Yeah, that was a joke. It might be. Um, It isn't. Okay. Okay. Um, In any case, they nail the execution of the metaphor perfectly, I would say, for for what they needed out of it. The ending is a little bit strange, but it's not like so overtly strange that it would... Yeah, it, it would fall into that other A24 category of just like, <laughs> I don't know, man, they didn't want to end it, so they just made it weird. Like, this actually does have a resolution to it, um, which I think makes it much feel like much more of a complete package, which is something that I sorely miss out of most of those, like, heavy on the metaphor movies. Yeah, um, it's also just a real solid core of a haunted house movie. Yes, yeah, it is. And it go it does, I mean... Whatever. I don't want to say it was fully unpredictable because there's some jabroni out there who will say that they predicted the entire thing and everything that happened. But this is a pretty unpredictable movie. Like, it does a lot of creative things that you don't get too frequently. Or if you have seen them before, they're not frequently juxtaposed in the way that this movie does them. Okay. Um, you get yeah. a lot of bang for your buck. There's a bunch of different, like, fears boiled into this one into into one like cogent package you know you get a little bit of body horror you get a little bit of like claustrophobia you get a little bit of haunted house you get a little bit of like other stuff in there so i mean whatever heavy recommend obviously one of the reasons it's on the list is because everyone calls this a heavy recommend so i'm not really trotting new territory here but yeah go out and watch this one mark's great question because i I know what jack's answer would be so it's not interesting uh Mm -hmm. this or deborah logan (laughs) this okay this is I mean, you are the Deborah Logan apologist. I'm, I'm not saying Deborah Logan's bad. I'm just saying this movie's really good. Okay, Deborah Logan that's is good. also that's pretty actually good. informative. That helps me. Okay. Uh, also, mention the acting here in particular, Emily Mortimer. She does a fantastic job. But this is like a mother, daughter, and grandmother, um, mm-hmm. and the interpersonal relationships are all feel really lived in and cool. Mm-hmm. Also, I think first time director Natalie Erica James. So that's neat. I yeah, actually, that is probably something to highlight here. The entire cast and director are all women. Cool. Very cool. There's yep. like there's one police officer kind of in the beginning who's a man, and then everything else is is the three main women mm-hmm. um, who play the family. And then it was directed by yeah, like you just said, Natalie Erica James. So directorial yep. debut. Pretty and cool. It went well, maybe. I mean, oh. she doesn't have a Wikipedia page, so I don't fucking know. She, she also wrote it, for the record. Hmm. 
Uh, the, this is screenplay James and Christian White, but who the fuck knows? Um, either way, uh, you got anything else, Mark? That's pretty solid. Nah, that was it. Probably right, expect more of those 2020 movies to be in the next few episodes, just because. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I don't know. That. I'm gonna put a brief pause on the Beers for Fears movies, most likely. I got caught up, so I can <laughs> now disregard them for the next month. And then we're at a little bit of a hard part because the next episode is going to be HRR. And then we're going to have one week to talk about like 20, 2020 movies. (laughs) We're going to have to watch like a 40 minute movie so we could just spend (laughs) half the episode talking about. Oh, fuck. Okay. Um, I mean, that's why I watched Underwater in part because it's on HBO, but also Mm because it's one of the 2020 movies I haven't Mm -hmm. seen yet that I wanted to. I have a list Um, that's like 15 deep. I'm hoping to get to half of of them before HRR. Yeah, there's quite a few. Quite a few. Um, oh, also, what was that one? Uh, the fuck the Mare in Ireland movie, the the wicked and the dark, the dark and the wicked. Oh yeah, that I tried to watch. I thought it was Shutter. on Shutter. Yeah, it apparently is available to rent on VOD platforms, going exclusively to Shutter in January. Okay, mm. so you can apparently watch it now. I'm given to understand, so okay. I'm gonna watch it in January. <laughs> Sounds like, <laughs> yeah. Um, just wanted to make that clarification. Shutter's on a heater. To me, Thanks so. for protecting them, Jack. Let's go to the feature presentation. Over at ADZHorror.com this week, we watched 1982's Poltergeist. Jake, why'd you pick it? Yeah, Jake. This was your movie. Everyone knows that. Everyone (laughs) does now. Uh, Well, this is one of the earlier movies that we reviewed on A to Z Horror, and there was, I don't know, two months ago, some some argument, some disagreement between uh, one Jack and one Mark about whether this had been a, a, on the podcast before. I would have bet a <laughs> substantial amount of money that we did a podcast about I'm this surprised movie. it didn't turn into a, a movie bet, to be honest with you. Anyway, yeah. I found out it hadn't happened, shockingly, and because of that, I said that I would pick it in our next crop of movies that we selected, and I am a man of my word, so we're watching the movie. We watched nice. the movie. Did you go back and read that review we did? No, I should have. I just remembered that, it's, and I'm in a bit of a panic now. It's actually pretty funny. We this was back in the format when we were doing like a call and response. You, me, that was the only right. yeah. This was like the third movie you guys done. did. This was yeah. before I even joined the project. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was the only thing we've ever done that could be described as a uh, novel or with effort. <laughs> yeah, because those, those were man, hard, dude. The, those took those like, took the whole week. so much work. Yeah, <laughs> those that was um, a prior and, life where we had less responsibility. We also made those business cards for you to put in your wallet says, please use my body as a prop in a horror movie when I die. You know, <laughs> new Patreon tier will give you some. Yeah, exactly. I like that. Um, all right, Jake, you picked this movie. Mark, you've seen this before. I've seen this before. Everybody Correct. in the whole fucking world has seen this before. <laughs> it's a cool classic. Oh, have you guys, wait, but real question, though. Have you guys seen the remake from 2016 or whatever Mark, it was? stop it. Have you seen it? No. Yes, I saw it. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> it's so, it's so horrible. <laughs> All right, Jake, you picked this movie. You know what that means. You're gonna have to give us a 30 second plot synopsis. 30 seconds are on the goddamn clock. It's gonna start when you start. A family living in a suburban development starts to experience some stuff in their house stemming from the TV. It seems to be impacting their youngest daughter first and foremost, but it quickly expands to really encompass the whole house. She eventually gets sucked sucked into like the nether realm, and the movie consists mostly of them trying to make contact with her and the spirits and get her back. Eventually, they're able to do so, but it is not without some significant struggles. They find out that the whole reason for that is that the development was made on top of a cemetery where they did not move the bodies when they developed it, and that's pretty much the end. They move away. Time! Yeah, I mean, the only thing you missed is the house gets sucked into oblivion. Yeah. 
Small detail. And then yeah. it gets parodied by The Simpsons. Important and family guy. I think it gets parodied by almost everything in popular <laughs> culture. Jack, yeah. again, this is a cult classic. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, I cannot wait to start talking about this thing. But first, got to talk about what in the fuck subgenres of horror this fits into, except for Haunted House, because I'm taking that classic. one. Classic. Classic, yes. Mm, cult classic. Stop also it. Also, probably. We're not new. We're, no. <laughs> no. Um, do we have Craig T. Nelson on the list of subgenres? <laughs> We should, dude. Holy shit. <laughs> guy rules. His performance when he's yelling at the other guy is top notch. Oh, throughout the whole thing, when he's doing the swan dive and his glasses. I mean, almost on. everything is top notch. Oh, fuck yes. Okay. Uh, ghost. Yeah, he's oh, we're a still doing this. classic. That's all it is. Wait, did we say yeah. house? House. Ghost, it's also house, kind of a tree movie. House. We specifically have house and trees, and this is kind of one tree, but it's still a trees. So it's there a one tree house. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that tree has stories, man. Let's just get the fuck into it, boys. Let's talk about what this movie does right. And I'll start. Craig T. Nelson. Yeah. It's kinda fucking hard not guy's to say so that. charming. I love it's him. It's kind of hard not to say that. It's a weird place to start, but yep. <laughs> I, I know, Jack. You're frothing in the loins. I love Craig T. Nelson. I've loved, I love Coach. Give, I love me, give me a, a three tiered soliloquy about why you loved Craig T. Nelson. What is a three-tier? I want his interpretation of that request, Mark. <laughs> okay, okay. You I want him to write a haiku. Three reasons. Ooh, maybe as, as far as I'm concerned, it needs three. Give reasons. me a haiku about Craig T. Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's kind of like Patrick Wilson in the Conjuring movies. He's very, very charming, um, very relatable, kind of an everyman. In this movie, it's played out especially well. Just there's a lot of little subtle things in this, like at the early parts of the movie when he's getting ready for work and his tie keeps getting caught in the phone cord. He's trying to untwist it and retwist it. There's just a lot of like those little touches that he plays very well that are kind of just like really relatable. Um, I think that he and his wife's relationship is delightful and un- goes to another one of this movie's strengths, which is like this movie avoids most of the tropes of horror movies. I think despite people thinking this movie created those tropes, uh, like nobody really makes stupid decisions in this movie. He and his wife don't fight about unnecessary things because they're frustrated. They're always on the same team. Oh, it's just, it's great. That is a really then, good point that I hadn't really thought of. They, the, One of the things that this movie does right is they avoid the trap of unnecessary conflict that doesn't make any fucking sense. That's true. Th- this, yeah. this movie has so many things that I think pop culture like has as tropes in the horror world and because of this movie that just aren't in this movie. The chief one is the native or the Indian burial ground, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which everybody, including Family Guy and The Simpsons, all like have parodies ba- based on things being built on an Indian burial ground. And this movie is expressly not on an Indian burial ground. Right. Is that not from Pet Cemetery? It, that is Pet Cemetery, and I mean it is in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, it's in stuff. But this everybody, is a, this cemetery. This is a bar- this is a nor- this is a run of the mill. They go out of their way to say they're just people. They're, yeah. they're just a regular cemetery. I mean, so are Native Americans, but th- they go out of their way to say <laughs> this is not a Native American burial ground in this movie. <laughs> Deleted scene. Yeah, but were there any Native Americans? No, there were explicitly none. Steve, this is only um, wasps. <laughs> I mean, probably Costa Verde or whatever, <laughs> Cuesta Verde, California. Um, 
and and I think another one is like people making stupid decisions, unnecessary conflict between the characters, like all this stuff. This movie avoids deftly not believing the people who obviously know everything about what's happening. Like this movie avoids all of them and just gives you a really smooth ride throughout the whole thing. Yeah, even the even the paranormal investigators who are semi professional are kind of bumbling and don't really do the exposition trap that you usually get. So yeah. It avoids that <clears throat> that thing that we're spo- so used to in horror, where it's like the no one will believe you thing, Jack. Like it, it go, it almost goes out of its way to show that it's avoiding that, right? Because things start pretty quickly. As soon as they go to seek help, like it's very obvious. It's never like it's. There's never the situation where they're trying to show someone something and then it doesn't happen. It's just like, oh, right. Fuck. People like, don't this believe is going them. on. They have like maybe one half of one scene where they go to the neighbors and they're like, "Why are you covered in mosquitoes? What the shit is this?" That's that's as far as this movie goes, where they're trying to like get help and no one will believe them. And I like that. It's a little bit well, different, obviously, <laughs> partially because there's just a, a room. There's just a room in their house that is full of a whirling dervish of psychic energy. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a tornado of CG household items. <laughs> that also that scene where he opens that door. In part, in large part, because of Craig T. Nelson's performance, is maybe my all-time favorite scene in a horror movie. When he's, <laughs> they're talking about he spent seven hours or a full day filming the the toy car roll seven feet across the floor, yeah. and they actually have documented evidence of paranormal activity. Craig T. Nelson's just looking at him dead-eyed, and then opens the door to this wild-ass room. <laughs> <laughs> Want to see some shit? It's so good. He's like, well, oh, that's kind of uh, what it's seven, boiling seven down feet, to huh? for me, though. Is like the whole. What this all rolls up into is that this movie is a crowd pleaser. And it actually is more of a crowd pleaser than I remember from past viewings. I've seen this movie numerous times during my life. But watching it again, thinking about it from the perspective, I guess, as a more seasoned horror movie viewer and reviewer, as it were, with this whole operation, like, this hit me in much more of a way that, like, this is made for people to watch and really enjoy than it is to be something that is shocking or super different honestly and that was interesting to me when i think back to my prior self but it's a crowd pleaser like there's that's like something the movie does right is pleasing the crowd absolutely yeah it all feels very effortless and natural while still being goofy it's it, it, it's a strange like balance because i fully support this not being labeled with comedy on imdb or really any yeah. like subgenre thing yeah. but it's a pretty damn funny movie. I mean, oh. when you think about the intro, obviously everyone's still happy at that point, but just like running into your house with cans of beer that are just oh, dude. Spl- like fountaining beer all over the place that you can the watch into the game. It's so, that scene is so weird. <laughs> it's so strange. <laughs> but I mean, that's kind of a bad example because that's the beginning and everyone's always happy in the beginning of horror movies. But, but it's even the like, tone. it's the even, tone yeah, that. but. Yeah, it's Craig T. Nelson opening that door, just dead eyes. Just That's dead hilarious. Eye, exactly. Or even when they're like trying to initially, when they're watching the thing slide, the the chair slide across the floor, and mm-hmm. then they just put the kid on the floor with a, like, put a helmet, helmet on, on and he also just gets pushed. <laughs> it's just like we got to figure out how this thing works, man. This is this is crazy. We're gonna use this. This thing's gonna help <laughs> us do chores. It it's great. There, there, yeah. Oh my god, it's so good. I, I mean, mean, yeah, you get the horror the, elements in there too, but they never really get all the all that far away from slapstick. There is some stuff that's like, oh, this is from the early '80s, like where they have the the guys who are digging the pool in their front yard, oh, just like the coffee, openly lusting after the 16 year old, and then the yeah. mom's just looking out the window, like, oh, you boys. <laughs> 
boys will be boys after yeah, all. Yeah, it gets a bit sitcom-y in that way. I I think that that all, I, for the most part, helps the movie with that sort of vibe, though, that is just pervasive throughout. It it never strays too far, like you were just saying, Jack, into the like firm horror realm. Like, it's horror, but but it's a little less scary than I remember it being. It's It's very accessible. Absolutely. What's yeah. funny, though, is this might be a good measuring stick for my own like personal journey through horror, because I watched this one. I mean, I saw I was super late to the party. I probably saw it in like 2013 or 14 or something mm-hmm. like that for the first oh, wow. time. Okay. I'd never seen it in high school or anything like that. Um, and then just like on a whim, I wanted to see it because obviously it's a classic. Um, and the first time I saw it, obviously well before y'all started this or before I joined, and I would watch you know a few like horror movies a year, every once in a while, whatever. Um, I thought that this was pretty creepy when I first watched it. And then this time around, it played as a straight up like horror comedy. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just wildly desensitized now. <laughs> no, I mean, same experience. And I think like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to wait and pot that and what it does wrong. Cause I don't think that horror like de- necessarily needs to be like, make your bone shake scary. I watched this with the lovely fiance this time. And she, I perhaps sold it a bit wrong because that's my memory of it as well. And I haven't seen it for a few years because it's been like so focused on watching new things for the purpose of the podcast. But I, I told her it was going to be a bit of a stretch for her and she was like what the hell man like this was easy this is easy. <laughs> well and then i mean yeah to that point like when things are at their worst there's a full-on slapstick scene where his boss comes over and he's like trying to close cupboards that have portals to other worlds yeah. in it behind him and <laughs> yeah like <laughs> there's it's just a, that's a full-on slapstick scene yeah that's great. I mean, that being said, though, I don't I don't want to like totally tamp down some of the individual scenes that I think are really good and creepy, adequately creepy. Yeah, I mean, you have a, a handful of them. I mean, there's the the scene with the sort of like quasi dream that one of the ghost hunters oh. goes into where he tears his fucking face off. That is one going to affect some people. There is the scene with the clown, which I would say is probably the most memorable from this movie. Uh, if you don't like clowns in particular, uh, that's going to be what impactful I love for about you. That scene, there are some others. I think those are the two that tree. stand out. I think the tree me. is also important. Well, yeah, the tree. Well, is, yeah, yeah, the actual the dead third, bodies they use probably. to be the skeletons sure, at the bottom of their pool. <laughs> Oh, the pool uh, scene. Yeah, Jesus pool Christ. Good, what am I doing? Uh, yeah. The what pool I love scene. about I the cloud scene is that kid is clearly was or the character terrified of the doll even before it was haunted. It's like, well, why did you not move that out of your room ever? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The clown scene is actually so interesting. It it gets to something that I think is another. It's not necessarily something the movie does right, but my memory of what this is versus what it actually is is interesting because that happens after the clown scene happens like after the climax, and then it has like another quick build where everything does go to shit after they think that the house is clean, <laughs> as Tangina says or whatever. But I remember and I commented during this viewing, yeah. like, what happened to the clown scene? Where did it go? Because I remember it happening earlier in the movie, but it's such a nice punctuation. They get Carol that it happens back. after yeah. the house has been cleaned, and it's a it's a hell of a way to signify <laughs> yeah. that all is not right. <laughs> so I, I, I want to talk I, about I really Tangina. I think she's through. something the movie does right. What a fucking yeah. choice, man. Zelda. Oh, she's dude. She's so is great. A fucking and so treasure. confusing. <laughs> Ten, Craig T. Nelson, 
Zelda, it's whatever her name fantastic. is. Fantastic. Wonderful. She just comes in here. She's owning everything. She's tiny. She what like grabs the bomb and says, you can't talk to me all the way up there. And then, yeah. Oh, Zelda Rubenstein. God. Give her a just do. Played tan <laughs> as Tangina Baron. How this came to be, but amazing that it did. And the scene that I, uh, and then even when things are at their worst, yeah. right? Arguably one of the movie's primary climaxes, or certainly its first major climax, is when they're about to. She's about to go into the void to rescue Carol Ann, and the mom's like, "I need to go," and she's like, "You haven't done this before." And the mom's oh, like, so "Neither funny. of you." And Tangina's just like, "Oh, yeah, okay, go ahead." <laughs> it's, yeah, <right>. good point. <laughs> That's huh, that's actually a really about good like example that. of what this movie does when you're you put the horror you pit the horror against something that's going to the be levity. more accessible and just marry them into this perfect oh, amalgamation delightful. that I think it, makes it accessible. It's a really good example. Yeah, that is a very that's exactly <laughs> what I was trying to say earlier. Case in point, I think, is how that saying. That's goes. what they yes. say. In a what else we want to talk about? Yeah. Hard yeah. does right. I, I'll, I'll bring up just it's a quick little thing. We've talked about it. Sorry, Mark, I, <laughs> but I just it's it, I don't think it really like is going to take long to talk about. We talked about attention to detail before on a couple of little things. This movie is careful on every front. It has little things. Like, it has the Wilhelm scream. It just has little things for cinephiles, little stuff in the background of stuff. Like, I just love that they're they're careful on every level. Um, Has society decided whether this was actually directed by Toby Hooper or Steven Spielberg yet? (laughs) Ha! That's funny. I initial that's actually exactly what I was going to say. I thought this was a Steven Spielberg directed movie. It's a Steven Spielberg executive produced movie and Toby Hooper has the directorial rights. Whoever directed this did a I great job. I feel like job, every 2 the years there's some new interview good. with a publicist on the movie or a producer on the movie and one of them saying, "You know, Toby Hooper doesn't get enough credit. He was there every day and he always called action and always called cut." And then, then 2 years later someone gives an interview where they're like, "No, Toby Hooper was just napping in his trailer for 12 hours a day and Steven Spielberg would run across the lot and direct the hell out of this and then run back." This kind of feels like a Toby Hooper to me though. Like if you Does it? Yeah. I, I This feels like Texas too? Chainsaw Massacre. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Well, just some of the goofy character sure. decisions. Okay. Interesting. Oh, Mark, have you not seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2? Put that on oh your Oh, my head. God, you need two. to see Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. That thing is a fucking weird spe- movie, I mean, dude. Oh, it my starts, God. Maybe, 2021. Just, maybe that's Holy emphasized shit. because the guy on the bike bumbling his way down the road with a shitload of beers that never comes up again, that feels like a Toby Hooper move to me. <laughs> there are a lot of those. For he sure. was still so awake. I don't know, I, I don't know who directed this thing or who who did more of the directing. I th- it was can it can it not be a bit of a mystery? But I we'll think just that's say fair. There was probably some like collaboration that. happening. Let's call it collaboration. Uh, what else do we want to talk about here in Hard Does Right? Fantastic dog acting. Oh, yeah, that was fuck. an escalation past neat pick. Because yeah, that dog. Such he's a, a good boy. Better doesn't he's die. a good boy or girl. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. That's a good move on on the part of keeping this generally acceptable to the larger audiences. They do not brutally massacre the dog who is a good boy. And I think he's named after an SNL character from the late 70s. E-Buzz, right? I think that's an SNL character. What the fuck is that name? Yeah, I I am not that into Saturday Night Live. Is that a thing? Yeah. Jack, you're the resident SNL I think it was a Dan Aykroyd SNL character from the late 70s, like kind of a recurring character. Um, E-Buzz. E-Buzz. I don't even know how to spell it to look it up. E period B-U-Z-Z. Well, Dr. Google it. <laughs> I mean... Scarecrow it. Yeah, and and now, listener, we're all going to pause and watch it. <laughs> so just there's going to be three minutes uh, of silence. Yeah, Dan Aykroyd played uh, a recurring character called E-Buzz Miller in a series of sketches in the late 70s. 78 and 77. 
on SNL. So he's great. I assume I, I know of no other instance in which anyone's ever been named E Buzz and Google doesn't have seem to have any other indication. So I think he's <laughs> I think that's probably accurate. Named after yeah, an a SNL weird character. Bowl. But good dog. Um very good dog acting. Survives the movie. Love it. I mean, I think it's probably worthwhile to just mention the set design as well here, particularly the tree, which is very clearly and obviously fake, <laughs> uh, but designed yeah, in on. such a way that it is cartoonish yet creepy. I, I agree with that, okay. absolutely. Uh, well, and along with the set design, the pool scene is fantastic set design with right. real fucking bodies. <laughs> and along with right. the set design, just the, the stairs in this movie thing are bonkers. Yeah. 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 So there's a lot of, I guess, add to to broaden it slightly. There is a lot of attention to detail in this movie that serves the overall purpose. There, some of it's going to come up in nitpicks later, but like, there's shit happening in the background of scenes. There's like the stairwell in the fucking, in, in like coming down from the upstairs is just like, I mean, that's not really a crazy thing or anything. It's just like a weird 1980s staircase that just comes that straight out into the me, room. Man. It was like that weird <laughs> S curve for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a spiral staircase that got straightened out. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's like uh, the staircase you have for people to make their like debut, right? They just have women walk down it in dresses and you take pictures of them. Yeah, it's a great prom night staircase. God, where was I? I was somewhere recently where they just had a staircase that went to nothing just so women could have their pictures what? taken walking down it. Yeah, I've got to have to ask Hannah about where we were, where that thing was. It baffled me. Real places have just like staircases that go to nothing for picture taking. We, was it the West Westminster Mansion? No. Winchester oh, Mansion? Are, okay. The Westminster <laughs> Mansion. <laughs> was it the Mark, Winchester Mansion? Mark still has dog shows on the brain. Yeah. <laughs> I do, yeah. Thanksgiving Dude, that wolfhound. Oh, the that, that dog was, so was a cute. good boy. Such a good dog. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah. That was a highly specific reference <laughs> four days ago at this point. Yeah, whatever. Everybody watches the dog show. It's more important than football. That is inaccurate. Yeah, well. Hard disagree. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, this is, uh, I was going to talk about this later, but fucking Mr. Rogers is so much more important than football. Why is it like the, the guy who's supposed to be the villain Stop it. is Stop it. the one trying to have, have his, give his kids an education and open Stop their it. hearts? Stop also, it. they don't have to watch the same thing. You can just not use the remote. Just get up and change it one click. Right. <laughs> yeah, they they were too drunk at that point, Mark. Also, Jack, sports <laughs> the, 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 are perishable. The guy on the other side of the fence is just slamming beers and watching Mr. Rogers with his kids. Got the, oh, dude, that guy. Welcome to my life five guy. years from now, Mark. <laughs> I have a nitpick with that guy. Unbelievable. But anyway. It? Do it now. The whole, like, <laughs> you chewing on a cigar in broad daylight thing is weird to me i cannot fathom being at that stage in my life dude our next door neighbor when i lived with my parents in high school and before uh at the old house up in the hills our next door neighbor <laughs> would go outside and like garden and work on his boat like in buff his boat heat. in 100 degree heat just no shirt on but dress slacks chomping on a stogie that's so <laughs> fucked up dude amazing Th that's there there is a screw loose at that point yeah dress slacks no shirt 100 degrees chomping on a i mean you, the thing is the no shirt dress slacks is like the thing that makes it obvious but you didn't have to give me that detail because i knew it because of the stogie part <laughs> like smoke it at night and wear clothes psa the more you know uh jake you mentioned the special effects we need to touch on those a lot more this movie fucking knocks it out of the goddamn park with special effects uh, for the most part, with a few yeah. exceptions. Yeah, they're, for, they're, for from a practical effects standpoint, it slaps. From a non-practical, we'll get to those later. There's some digital effects that don't stand up. But I mean, the worst ones are yeah. when he opens the room and the thing's sp spinning around in circles. I, I, 
that's the most obvious one I disagree with worst. Okay. I am going to go with you on the good side of the fence right now and say that, yes, yes we should we should talk about effects. Mark was getting into it when he talked about this, like the set designs and everything like that. I, we, I think we mentioned it during this podcast. I don't remember because I have CTE. Did we talk about the real skeletons? Yes. Yes. Jesus Christ. That is a <laughs> hell In of a fact, detail. I'm pretty sure you talked about the real skeletons. Uh, did I? <laughs> no, I think it was I, me. I mean, the, see, yeah, that's my safeguard is every time I don't know something, I mention that I have CTE. Gotcha. Um, yeah, and I mean, chief among them, arguably the, the coup de grace of effects in this movie is guy pulling face off. I would say, at least. I don't know. You guys. I agree. I mean, it's super me, cool looking. It has, on one... this viewing, a really weird transition where it's like it. the camera blinks and his face goes from face to clear, like, clay thing set on <laughs> to... a pedestal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, like the most ILM centric yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah. But it's still awesome. Like, it, it, it scratches my, like, practical effects 80s horror itch so hard. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, and I like it. Yeah. Yeah, a but lot. but it doesn't like that that face ripping off scene doesn't look fantastic. It looks cool as hell. I think, I think it, looks it looks fantastic. I think it looks objectively fantastic. It. In it looks a weird. It looks way. fantastic yeah. in the way that the thing still looks fantastic, which For is sure. that like, I mean, it's pretty goofy special effects, but they the don't amount, look real. The, the, yeah, they don't look real. But the degree of difficulty and just like the thing that they did is so fucking incredible. Yes. and cool. It, it's endearing because you know that they like that scene was so fun to make. Yeah, it's made out of chewing gum and Laffy yeah. Taffy and whatever, a little bit of red corn syrup. It's great. And they just made it happen. Well, and before that, you have the, the steak crawling around and then his maggots coming out of his chicken wing. Like, all that shit looks great. Yeah, I don't think sure. that was CG. I think they just got a rotten shit wing, shit, shit wing and covered it in I, I was still on the practical on the part with the steak crawling across the table. And oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Out. Gotcha. Yeah. Sweetenly. Does myth. What? Oh, yeah, what does it do metal? I don't know. This is a, I, I know, dude. My list is blank. <laughs> good good transition here, actually, because this is another effects thing, and it works to a certain extent, but also uh, this movie should come with a fucking seizure warning because there is an excessive <laughs> amount of strobe light. The static effect. The TV static <laughs> effect looks amazing, iconic with Heather, Heather O'Rourke like looking back from the TV or putting her hands on the TV, all of it, right? The poster, basically. Right. But... Agreed. It but is you literally can't to look, look at. at the screen or even your walls because it is such well, a bright and ferocious <laughs> strobe. Yeah, I mean, mostly it agree. Might give you like, epilepsy. When you're looking at the screen, it's iconic and great, but then everything surrounding the when the camera is on the human in front of the screen, so when it's showing the room and everything outside of that particular viewpoint, that's when it's just a strobe light, and it was obvious they just put a strobe light in the room, and that's when it's hard, and there's a lot of it. Absolutely. Yeah, they do it like three different times, I think. <laughs> a little much. It's a little much is all I'm saying. Um, I guess I could put this in does middle. I Did Kim Jong-il base his whole look on Tangina? <laughs> <laughs> Just kind that's of his more whole of fan, That's more of a fan theory than anything. <laughs> Ooh, A to Z horror fan theory. Been a minute since we had one of those. Uh, maybe, Jack. I think the answer you're looking for is Maybe. <laughs> We'll get our senior North Korea correspondent on the on yeah, the I'll be curious to later. see what his look was like in like 1981 before this movie came out. If you if you see any, <sighs> Let me do shift, a quick googling. frankly, then it's <laughs> confirmation. <laughs> okay, let's move into does wrong and not that much. Uh, not a ton. I I think this is where you put the. F- uh, mm, I I hey. don't know because you mentioned with the aging with the CG, but like. 
to me, Jack, it was less that room scene that aged poorly and more like no matter what time you put it out, say tornado running through the backyard scene, that's just Yeah, that's rough. That bad. looks bad. Yeah. There, Any there are, weather effect. Any weather effect in this yeah. movie is trash. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there there are there are parts of that that escalate beyond it's aged poorly and just are bad. Were and, and probably execute could have been executed better at the time. And I don't even know that you needed them necessarily, right? Like, do you need to show, like, bubbling sky to articulate the thunderstorm? No, not really. Not like, all. I think they had it without having done that, right? Uh, and and why is it that when movies, because this isn't the only movie that does that green screen thunderstorm thing in the background, but why do they all use shit that doesn't look anything like a thunderstorm? Those <laughs> yeah. clouds in this movie don't look like a weather pattern. They look like you filmed the top of a like cauldron that had dry ice in it. <laughs> Maybe it's a hard thing to recreate. You can't just Mark. film a fucking thunderstorm rolling in. Uh, it's California. Would, they get a know, few of those. Probably. It's hard. It's Quest of Verde. They get some weather there. Quest of Verde. Yeah. Notoriously thunderstormy Quest of Verde. <laughs> it is notoriously thunderstormy because the only real exposure it has to the outside world is this movie and like they had a tornado in it. I don't know. I'm making that part up. Obviously, this is not a real place. <laughs> Getting loose with it. I'm, but yeah, I agree. the The weather effects look fire. very bad. Yeah. Uh, Only other thing I had written down was um, that in some of the scenes, particularly early in the movie, they sh- I think they must have shot with a fisheye lens in a we- in a way that made it seem like they were wanting to put this on a CRT, which I mean makes sense given that this was the early '80s, but. When you put it on a flat screen, it like well, actively it made me theaters. nauseous. Yeah, I don't know that that's the. Re- I don't know if that can be the reason. I don't disagree with you, Mark, because I know exactly what you're talking about. But I, again, this is like 120 mil theatrical. Like this, this movie was not made just to have be played on CRT. I, yeah, well, I mean that. Either way, true, it looks still, weird and it makes you a little nauseous. Yeah, it nauseated. I but yes. don't. I don't get it. It yes, gave nauseated. me like a weird nauseate. No, nauseous. You induce nauseous means you induce nausea in others. This is one of those things that I don't give what? a fuck. Mark, and if someone look, if someone cares to correct me, I feel bad for them. So I'm if I don't get it. Is this movie venomous or poisonous? <laughs> yeah, exactly. This movie is nauseous. In that it made you're, you you're, experience you're doubling nausea. down. You're doubling down on something I disrespect you for. We should move on. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put um, you know, adult grounds workers leering at a 16 year old and openly catcalling her at 8 a.m in the morning while she's getting ready for school it does wrong yeah that's fair dog that's a good call it's very strange <laughs> wouldn't recommend hey jack have you considered the boys will be boys <laughs> <laughs> i have not, you know what i hadn't considered that mark but i had considered that maybe you just need to do the macarena and then flip them off she does the macarena i don't remember that yeah she does the two hands, two. Hand, I think that's the macarena she's starting to do before she does the first. The macarena definitely came out in like 1992, so I'm pretty sure it's not the macarena. Okay, well she's doing go some, back and watch some other very sexy dance. Then she's doing the foxtrot. The, the, wait, hold on, another very sexy dance, not the macarena. That was the bit. I was how yes. on a scale of one to ten, exactly how sexy is the macarena to you, Jack? Well, Mark, my wife's a ballerina, so I know from dances, and I know that there is no sexier dance than the macarena. Oh my God. The Macarena loosely maybe, translated to maybe the sex dip. dance. <laughs> the dip? Yeah, you put your hand upon my hip when I dip, oh, we dip. Oh, then you dip, then we, we dip. dip, then we dip. Dip and yeah. dip. I dip, you dip, we dip. Oh, you know what? Whatever dance they were doing to Mambo Number no. 5 is probably sexier. 
I think it's a mambo. I'm pretty sure they're doing a mambo. <laughs> now that I think about it, it is very weird how far away from a mambo that song is. <laughs> Nitpicks! <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a nitpick with the song Mambo number five, so. Bull whistle. Uh, hey, I, I want to talk about the guy bringing the beers at the very beginning of the movie. It's so strange, and they're setting Neat me pick. up for like so much character stuff. Like, I don't, I don't understand why he's on a bike. Then he falls over in front of a bunch of kids <laughs> who are laughing at him, and like you're supposed to laugh along with him, but he didn't do anything wrong. He's, if anything, being very responsible, not drinking and so, driving. Yeah, I thought about it. So they're pretty, they're obviously close together, and he could have just walked these beers over, but. The fact that this happened, like, right, that you could have you could have done a number of things. You could have walked him over. You could have thrown him in a backpack and gotten on the bike. But I think what was happening is the game was already on. And he was just late, so he was getting over there as fast as his little legs could take him, and that was via bike. Okay, yeah. that's why it was like a little kid bike. He took his daughter's bike. He tried to get there, didn't go well. He still kind of got there. Uh, you know, like it happens. Not every Sunday is your best. It's very strange. And then we're supposed to, like, I think, root against the neighbor who's supposed to be a villain again, but just wants to let his kids watch Mr. Rogers. Yeah, except that guy has the stogie nitpick. See? <laughs> so he is a psycho, yeah. yeah. He's, he's like, straight out of summer of 84, actually. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Like a two wrongs make a right kind of a situation. He's, he's going to be a serial killer in about 18 months, so give it yep. some time. <laughs> he's going to be the clove hitch killer. I mean, he did the, the, the whole... Yeah, them answering the door was bizarre. Like his kid standing there. Why did the kid need to come to the door? And why did the kid need to like look up at him the whole time that they were all at the door? Very strange. It was like bored. Yeah, it was. I don't want to go there. It was. It, it wasn't great. <laughs> I have a- And then similar nitpick to Jacks. He's he just sprays beer all over the the supposedly non sexualized sixteen year old teenage daughter. <laughs> Wait, did that happen? I don't remember that scene. Yeah, as he's walking by, just, there's a scene of her just being like sprayed with beer. And she goes, ah, as she's on the phone. <laughs> God damn it. They got into slow-mo and start playing cherry pie. It's very strange, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> this movie sounds like it needs a refoliate. <laughs> Speaking of foley, I had a neat pick because there was a scene where the dog like went around and ate everything near the start. I don't know. He was eating something. And they had they inserted a dog burp. Oh, it's it fantastic. Was- so oh, yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's the little touches. Again, another knee pick I had was in that first breakfast scene, uh, Carol Ann is just like staring at static, and her mom's like, that's not good for you. It changes the channel to just footage of a fucking massacre, but she's yeah, not yeah, paying yeah. attention. It's so That's hilarious. Excellent. It's hilarious. <laughs> Let me throw on this war scene. Yeah. While we're, while we're talking knee picks, I do love the abundance of national anthem in this movie around the beginning and end of television uh broadcasts mm-hmm. <laughs> the end of back TV, to a man. simpler time yeah yeah well it's 8 p.m we have no more content for you here's the national anthem and then static there were still a hours. couple of channels like that at least in in minnesota in the early 90s dude i'm telling you like th- that happened yeah. that should happen when we were we were young but that was still happening and it was not like 8 p.m it was late it was like upn would cut off at like 10 30 p.m yeah, but that's UPN, man. <laughs> I know. They, they had they had two hours of content. They were the earliest, and I think they cut off around 10 or 10.30, as I recall. I grew up on Nick at Night and the Cartoon Network, and those never went off. 
And Comedy Central got weird after about midnight because that was when it just started running the fucking Girls Gone Wild commercials. But <laughs> with the marimba never... <laughs> or the steel, <laughs> steel drums, not marimba. Fuck <laughs> steel drum. But I mean, they still had they still had, like movies and stuff playing all night. So I don't know. We, it, that one that one I did not experience. We eventually got cable, but we didn't have it for a while, and so it'd be like TV would just shut off. And I remember when if I was up late enough for that to happen, it would depress the hell out of me and i'd have to like go to my room and find a radio station of like a sports game or talk radio still happening somewhere just so i could be like okay there are still people in the world things are happening i don't have to fucking kill myself or something (laughs) wow you were a fucking weird five-year-old man (laughs) i think it makes sense (laughs) yeah and you grew up into a weird 30 something year old (laughs) oh fuck what other needs or nicks do we have Neats or Nicks? Neats or Neats. or Nits. I mean, I do love that the exit from the other plane is just like 15 feet above the ground, and when they fall out, she would have absolutely fucking obliterated her shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the daughter would have died because she was crushed to death, and the lady's shoulder would have been separated like 17 times. (laughs) She was protected by all the ectoplasm. All yeah okay all yeah exactly it was I mean ectoplasm is like ectoplasm yeah it looks (laughs) like it's a pretty bouncy material which is flubber I'm saying yeah okay that whatever that I I have a nitpick with the physics there sure that's my point (laughs) I have a nitpick with Robbie scene tree they go outside the pool's being dug it's rainy like it is for the rest of the movie when they go outside she does not go in the pool but she comes back in the house and she is covered in mud. They did not show her going to the pool, yeah. but she's covered in mud. Yeah. I feel like they shot that for later in the movie, and then they didn't use it, and they put it, they cut it into the earlier sequence. Makes it sense. Makes no sense. Yeah. They just shot them at the same time. I mean, they actually may have shot them at the same time, and then they just like had to go back. Do it again. <laughs> yeah, but her her wander. This is the mom, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned that. Her coming in just covered in mud makes no sense at that point in the movie. It's pretty immersion breaking, to be honest. Yeah, uh, I have right. another Robbie nitpick while you're on them. Um, I, I, it almost rose to the level of does wrong for me, but when Carol Ann first disappears into the screen, that scene of him screaming Carol Ann with this giant ass buck teeth silhouetted against the TV was that's hard so to watch. <laughs> oh, dude, that's a neat disagree. Pick. He, he, yeah. it, him screaming that his voice got grating enough to me to almost rise to like Babadook annoying kid levels. No way. <laughs> almost. Okay. No way. Yeah, it doesn't quite get there. I think you need to go back and watch the Babadook in order to. As long as your hierarchy is that, that then you're fine. (laughs) Because that kid is in the running for most annoying kid I've ever seen. I agree. I mean, speaking of weird kids, how's this for a transition? One of the details I was talking about earlier is that Carol Ann sleeps with a fully decapitated doll and then (laughs) just. It, it just as she's going to sleep, just takes the head and pushes it back on the body, and then goes shh. I mean, that's such a weird. Thing. It's the little things of this movie, weird, man. Yeah, it's this movie does a lot of weird little things. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of weird, well, this is not a little thing. <laughs> I thought but, you were gonna. You're just chain linking your comments. Go for it. Uh huh. Yeah. Go. Well, you know, the listener doesn't like dead air. Uh, I have a little bit of a nitpick here with the fact that the house is clean. You're moving out the next day. They unpack both bedroom sets for the kids and put them in the same fucking room that they know has a portal to the <laughs> nether realm. 
even though the house is clean, they were well, fucking asking for also, this Also, this was just Tangina lying. The house wasn't clean. They just got Carol Ann back. That's all that happened. I mean, are we sure that Tangina is not a fraud? No. No. <laughs> She'd never done it before. Speaking of that- She's low-key. Tangina is low-key a fraud, dude. Speaking of that fucking portal, why did you need the rope at all? They What they know about the portal is when you throw a tennis ball in, it comes out the other side- What's the rope for? You're going to come out the because other side. Because she would just come out the... If she jumped in, she'd rock it out the other side strongly Kind of like she did. Separate her shoulder. <laughs> and she wouldn't have had time. The rope allowed her to get to Carol Ann, I guess. She was like Well, repelling. and I mean, it's not... Uh, Carol Ann didn't rock it out the other side, so she clearly got stuck on something. I don't know if it was intentional or not. Like, I don't know if it was comedy or not, but... Uh, Craig T. Nelson says, she says, don't let go of the rope. He says, never. And then like 40 seconds later, a face shows up at the port. He's like, ah, drops the rope. <laughs> yeah, there's like clearly more shit in this portal than just like you fall through it, right? There's a goddamn dinosaur in there. Yeah. I don't know, dude. It it gets into like some weird universes thing. And I I, I don't know. Everybody knows that poltergeists are weak to rope. Okay. It is. A, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's their it's weakness. weakness. Here's a neat pick I almost elevated into just hard does right. Um, during this, at the kind of beginning of the second haunting, when Carol Ann just says no more, like weakly yeah. and meekly, that fucking line, I've I've heard that thing 15 times now, and it's still every time just like knocks the wind out of me. She's like, oh, God. Yeah, dude, she's fucking done it's with so it. so affecting. She's so sick of that <laughs> I mean, shit. Yeah. <laughs> she lived in the other place for long enough. She's like, I'm fucked. I don't want. Nope. Uh-uh. She's like, can you just get it together, please? No more. It's weird and pink in there. Yeah, what does it look like in there? Well, if you watch the remake, you'll see. <laughs> I don't want <laughs> to watch the remake. What does it look like? Pink? Does it look pink? No, it doesn't it's look pink. pink, and I think it's full of hands. There's a lot of correctly. hands. There's, There's like tunnel. It's a pink tunnel full of hands. There's a lot of people that are like, things that are translucent but like in a very poorly done translucence effect that was like shockingly bad for the mid 2000s yeah or i'm gonna see if i can find it and send it to you i don't want to see it it's fine uh neat pick the, it, shoving the tv out of the room at the hotel is a great touch to end the movie they're all fucking done with it man it is that as the way to send off to credits that is a that is a way to end the movie on a punchline, which in a movie that is not a comedy but knew it was funny, like, yeah, this that was a clear indication this movie knew exactly what it was fucking doing mm-hmm. from tip to tail. Oh, soup absolutely. Yeah. This movie from knows what it's about. Nuts. Um, Jake, so I did read, I don't know, I, I have something to go out on here. I, I I don't know if you guys have any more nitpicks we want or neat picks we want to talk I'm about. I'm good. Okay. Jake, in reading back through our uh, our post on this from way back when- Uh-oh. I, I found do. the start of a segment uh, that this was the debut of a segment. Of, was exactly oh, one review? No, it happened a no, few more Jack's times. No, Incomprehensible Note of the Week lasted many Abs- weeks. Including into the podcast at least a little bit. Oh, shit. Was this that? This was the start of that. The debut wow, of that Mark segment. Wow, Mark nailed it. Oh, Mark probably looked at the right review. <laughs> no, I did not. I was just, I, I read everything when I started. So it was And you just familiar. remember that? Yes. Fuck, dude. My, I have a I functional do, I memory. Do, I do have CTE. This is a problem for me. <laughs> All right. So I'm curious. We couldn't solve it back then. I reread it again today, and I still have no idea what in the fuck this note means. I was a little tuned up when I watched it this time around, too. Should have read it first, so I could have been paying attention. But either way, here was my incomprehensible note of the week when I Kay. watched this some number Kay. of years ago. Okay. Napkin for when it's nighttime. Don't know what that means. 
But that was a um, note I took. Was the <laughs> ghost hunter guy when he was in his snacky it, phase using a napkin? I'm trying to remember, but even so, why would that be a napkin for like why would that specifically it was be nighttime. a nighttime? It was super napkin. late. In, it was super late at night. <laughs> I don't oh. know. <laughs> that was like the most late night scene in the movie, and that's all I can think of. Well, let's go to ratings. <laughs> Great, good transition. <laughs> A little bit of Monica in my life. A little bit of Erica by my side. A little bit of Rita's all I need. A little bit of Tina's what I see. We, over to Z Horror, use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, the Gavambolipnos would rate how low the clay is. My name, mm-hmm. Milipnos. Can you spell that, please? M L E P Clay. Did you say clay? Yes, the clay is silent. And for 10, think about Walter White would rate the likelihood that he's the one knocking. I am not in danger, Skyler. I am the danger. A guy opens his door and gets shot and you think that of me? No. I am the one who knocks. Stars, the first guy I'm going to rate these movies. Jake, your pick. Rate the thing for stars. Yeah, I'm curious. Having not gone back to the review, the written review, I should say, I'm curious as to like how much I'm going to be like different from how we rated this three fucking four i don't know how long ago was it when did we post this four and a half years oh my god from that long ago yeah Yeah, hold on i got it uh that was on december 10th 2016 and seeing as this is going to come out right around (laughs) christmas jack (laughs) hey four years ago four years ago you're objectively four years let's see how different i was Uh, so i'm gonna december 20th 2015 2015 five years ago okay december 10th 2015 this is wrong in here then Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. A whole year off. <laughs> so that was right at the start of this whole thing. That may, that checks out. I believe Mark was a part of this. I am well into my story rating. I haven't even started talking about it. Anyway, this is going to be interesting, but I am going to go kind of high for story because I think that this does something that's complex without getting into the muck and the mire of going into like all of the crazy bullshit that you could go into and that's nice it's a crowd pleaser i mentioned that and that's why i'm gonna give it a seven and a half for story i think that you- this is this is an interesting movie where you start talking about like a, a girl gets sucked into a dimension and they have to go and grab her from that ghost dimension and yet it feels all pretty natural and understandable like do you that's- care to know what you gave it in 2015 uh I mean, yes, obviously. Nine! You gave it a nine for okay, story. Okay, so I went way down. Um, the only other thing that I have to say about this is this really is... This is basically a theatrical version of a Twilight Zone episode that hasn't come up on this podcast, but there's an episode that if you haven't seen it, both of you and the listeners should go back and check it out. It's called Little Girl Lost. Fantastic. Yeah, it's one of the better ones. Little Girl Lost. Go and watch it. And is the basis for the naming of Level 2 in Super Mario 64. Hmm, nice. Anyway, seven and a half for me. I think that nine was too high. I want to clarify. I think it's star two of the second zone. Uh, little penguin lost of, of the ice Got ball. it. Okay. Oh, that makes more sense. Okay. I am familiar with that one. Yep. <laughs> Either way. Okay. It's like I don't uh, remember I'm... a Twilight Zone themed level. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there were some weird ass fucking levels. I gave it a seven for story. I think this story here is really strong. Um, 
it's it's interesting. There's so much going on. This movie has two primary, like two big climaxes. It's like a not a traditional screenwriting structure. It's really interesting. I think they do it pretty well, but it does drag a little bit in places. It's a little hard to kind of comprehend whether they're going for terror or comedy. I don't think it always does the absolute best job blending that, but it's overall very, very good and very strong. Seven, Mark. I don't really have all that much to add. I gave it a seven just because... It's a little too zany to be higher, <laughs> yeah. but the the wackiness is overall like a boon to the to the to the package as a whole. Agreed. Uh, and that's yeah, you guys have already pontificated on it, so I also gave it a seven. We're all very much aligned. Nice. That is going to take us into world building and immersion. Jake, what is your world building and immersion score? Kind of a hard one. Uh, I'm going to go with just above average. I'm going to go with a six, and the reason for that is that. <laughs> I think that there is a lot happening in this movie, to use the term that Mark just mentioned, that is zany. And it, like, you know that you're watching a movie the whole time. Like, the world building also feels very set-heavy, so it's not natural, but it's watchable. And even the things that draw you out are entertaining, right? Wow, yeah. There, there's also, a, like, a little bit that has to do with the the effects, which I'll get into later, but... That's also a bit of an immersion breaker at points. It's small enough to keep it from being below average or even at average, but I can't bring it much higher. Jake, I completely agree with you. You know what's really interesting? You gave it a six the first time around. I give it a four the first time around, which was wrong. Uh, But it also kind of just like (laughs) it. What I wrote about this is exactly what you just said about it. Oh, okay. I never forgot that I was watching a movie the whole time I was watching. This is what I wrote. Um, I gave it a seven this time around. I think my thinking in this category has evolved from like actually literally being aware you're watching a movie. I think when you watch as many as we have, you you can't really not. Sure. Um, But either way, I was charmed and delighted throughout the whole thing. This movie is long. We haven't talked about that. It's almost two hours long. It doesn't really feel like it. The pacing's really good. Mm but does kind of drag in parts. Mark mentioned the dichotomy of the comedy and the horror is a little bit odd and hard to hard to parse in places. So it's a seven. It's fantastic, but not perfect. Mark? Yeah, I actually edged it just a little bit higher, seven and a half, but I think that's... I can, I can kind of get what we're saying from all sides where it's a weird one in a, stri- in, a, in a highly watchable way, so if that weirdness pulls you out, then so be it, but I think this thing is absolutely magnetic. I think that this... That's the... The like general uh, familiarity with how everyone interacts is strange in the sense of a horror movie, but is incredibly enticing from an immersion standpoint. Mm. So, in a way, like you can just you can just lose yourself into this one. There's no scene where I'm like I'm out. I'm gonna go get a beer. I'll be back in a little bit. I don't care at all. Like every single every single stop on this bus ride is a fun one, and I enjoy. That's it. a great it way not- to put it. It might not be scary, and it might be very weird, but I like them all, so there you go. Fully agree with that, Mark. That was, that was very excellently put. That's going to take us into Scare Factor. Jake, what is your Scare Factor score? This is the one that I feel like is probably going to be the biggest like downgrade from the last <laughs> yeah. time that I wrote this, or from when we wrote uh, this up, I guess, last time down I from saw Down story it. a decent amount. Yeah, I guess. I'm happy to hear that my immersion was basically what I had before. Um <laughs> I'm now you're like, nervous. sorry I'm just like ruminating <laughs> on what my score would have been from the first time I'm just thinking about what life was like five years ago and the good times you know god it was <laughs> kind of yes you know. kind yeah, of yes because at that point this was scarier than it is it is now Mark and yes. the world has changed a little bit okay 
Um, I'm man, I was still full of hope. Maybe yeah. It, it, for for this run through no. of the movie, I gave it a six. I'm still putting it above average, and that's because of the collection of scenes that we talked about that are stalwart classics in horror scenedom. But that being said, we've mentioned it. It's a bit off kilter. They always punctuate things with humor, and I think that that makes it super accessible, which is a good thing. And I don't think that should detract too much from the scare. It is still a movie that will pack them in for you. I think that watching it under certain circumstances could help or hurt your viewing experience from an, like a scare factor standpoint. Like if you're in a think about a theater, right? Like uh, p- people are going to be into this shit and that's going to change things significantly from if you're watching it from home by yourself, all the lights off, you check out that face rip scene going to hit you a little differently than if you're like with a crowd of people and everybody's like, Oh my God, look at that. It's rad. So a little bit of a downgrade for me, but that's what I'm going with. Fair enough. Jake, you gave it a seven and a half before yeah. for Skype. I, I knew so it was less higher. Of a downgrade I just didn't know how much. Story. Yeah. yeah, I knew it was No, higher. exactly the same amount of downgrade. Okay. Okay, um, I'm paying attention. Um, either way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving it a five for scare factor yeah. this time around. It, there are scary scenes, but the any tension in this movie is broken up by levity or slapstick or just some kind of comedy. Uh, we've talked about a lot of specific instances of it, so it's a five for me. Sure. Mark. I gave it a six. Um, I mean, whatever. We're kind of circling the wagons here. I am mostly going off of how creepy I thought this movie was when I first saw it. Like, there is a part of me that still remembers this as spooky, and I'm sh- I'm positive that the folks who I would recommend this to in my world uh, that don't watch a lot of scary movies, anyone who hasn't already seen this movie, would consider this movie scary. I saw this when I was five, and it scared the shit out of me. That fucking clown kept me up for weeks. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those movies that people occasionally talk about as, like, fully traumatizing them when they yeah. were when, when I they mean, were that's used. interesting, though, right? Because, I, again, I said that I watched this as a fiancé, and she was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> I mean, like you're saying, it depends on the, the mood you're in and, like, who you're watching it with and all that for sure. jazz. For but, sure. I'd say yeah. seven. Seven's an appropriate age to watch it. Five felt a little young. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, that is going to take us into our next category, which I definitely know because it's effects or judicious lack thereof. Jake, <laughs> what is your effects or judicious <laughs> lack thereof score? I'm going to give it an eight, which feels like a little bit of a weight towards the sets and the practical, but they used real skeletons during some of the most like memorable practical scenes, and that's super fucking cool. And like... If I think about it, the things that I remember from this movie are scenes where there's really cool practical. That's what it boils down to. Absolutely. There's Face some shit that off, doesn't yeah. look Clown great. Clown arms. There's, yeah, exactly. Like, really what it boils down to that hasn't aged well or just flat out looks bad are they're like footnotes to the things that do look cool. So I think that it is a movie that has effects that I would definitely say and point to as being effects that are good and yeah, that's really all. That's really all there is. I guess I'm searching for something from the audio perspective. Some of the foley's like a little bit weird, but I'm not going to downgrade it too much. So, but fine. there's also a lot of notes like like the like the Wilhelm scream. There's like a cinephile notes in there too fine. that I think yeah. deserve some credit. Jake, you gave it a nine the first time around, and your only note was they used real skeletons. I mean, um, that's I mean, <laughs> which is also a sentence you used I think four other times in the review. <laughs> <laughs> they um, used real skeletons. I gave it a seven. Um, I totally agree with pretty much everything you said here, Jake. Uh, the practical looks fucking fantastic. They did a great job. The CG doesn't look great. Some of it looks fine, just doesn't hold up that well. And some of it they could have executed better on. I gave it a seven. I think it's it's a really strong effects movie. Mark. Well, I hate this because I split the difference exactly, and I gave it a seven and a half. There I mean, you go. there's a few things to complain about. That that strobe light is obnoxious. Oh, but yeah, it good is, point. Yeah. 
it is remarkable how well this thing that is now 30, almost 30 years old, no, almost 40 years old, excuse yeah. me, uh, stands up to the modern tastes. This movie still looks good. That was one of the things that I remember thinking about when I watched this originally was like, I went in, oh, it's from 1982. It's going to have some of that like shitty sound and effects and stuff that they were doing from the early years where it's just like, I don't know, none of this stuff looks good. And then at the end, I was like, wow, that actually looked absolutely fucking incredible. So I don't know, this maybe this is actually a little bit low given when this was made but there's some kind of magic i don't really understand where like movies like hellraiser even though they had a lot of practical in them don't hold up as well as movies like the thing (laughs) you're from like getting the lightning well the i I remember the lightning the lightning (laughs) looks like shit always but they did it drunk themselves yeah late there's always like one thing that stands out that's just like oh god please (laughs) please don't have done that uh, but like, but uh, I mean, Hellraiser like doesn't look good. The thing and this do look good as I remember them. So I don't know. I don't know what that magic is, but this has this it. do. Yeah, it's strange. I don't know. But in, in any case, I feel like seven and a half is still a good score within even setting this up against other modern movies. This is still a seven and a half. I guess is what I'm trying to convey. I don't know I like if I succeeded it. or not. I agree. Let's go to overall. Jake, what's your overall score? Gave it an eight. Uh, oh. It's a classic. And there are things that you can detract from, but they're extraordinarily minor compared to what this movie did and still is from a horror perspective. It's accessible horror, and it's one of the best examples of that. Fully agree. We, I gave it an eight as well. Cool. Uh, this movie is just absolutely delightful. Uh, I mean, we didn't even talk about the one of the first scenes of the movie is just the the couple smoking weed in their bedroom after their kids go to <laughs> yeah. sleep. Like, and that's not played for like they're sinners and they need to be punished or anything. That just happens to be what they're doing. They're relatable characters. It's just mm-hmm. fucking fantastic. Eight Fakin'. mark. I gave it an eight. I have very little else to contribute here, and I don't like going last. Um, it's fine, Mark. I know, just say but that's whatever. It's an eight. It, yep, it's an eight. That's all I got. Hey, Mark, do you want to go first for thumbs up, thumbs down? Because I, you know, contribute. This is one of the hardest thumbs up I've ever given. This movie, I mean, this this movie is recommendable to essentially everyone across the spectrum. Yeah. It is uh, accessible in a way that is, the, like, it's creepy for people who don't like horror, but still watchable. And every single horror fan, deep horror fan, should also have already seen this, so... No matter what, I recommend this movie to you, yep. whoever you are. Yep. Ab- absolutely. This is just Every a great scene. fucking movie. What was yeah. the second Academy Award it got? Because uh, it lost effects to E.T. Oh, okay. D- right. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the second was. I can't remember. But either way, great fucking movie. Best uh, dog acting? <laughs> that Dude, that needs to be a category. Jesus Christ. Have you guys Think started watching the pack? better a place the world would be as a whole if we had best dog acting. Are you Every guys year. watching the pack? What's on Amazon Prime? The pack. There's no. a show. It's like The Amazing Race, instead of a couple, but instead of two people, it's teams of a person and their dog, and they just go do wacky things and travel around the world. And there's slow mo, just close ups of dogs doing awesome shit. It's great. Huh. Jack, yeah, but there were there were three Academy Awards that this was nominated for. Oh, uh, best original score and best sound editing were the other two. I don't remember the score effects. at all. <laughs> <laughs> at all. Like I mean, that, I think I was it was very no, 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 no. It was very Elfman-like at the beginning. I couldn't it serves tell you what the it movie. Okay, I remember the, at the beginning. Scene. Yeah, and then it serves I'm, the movie am... really well in that way. I think it's exactly what it needs to be. Sure. It. 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 Yeah. It aided in the world. I suppose. Looks like. Sure. Looks like Jerry Goldsmith did the did the uh, score. So nice. There you go. Yeah, Jerry Goldsmith, Danny Elfman, whatever. 
Thumbs up. It's There's thumbs only up. two composers. It's just Danny Elfman and uh, and John, John Williams. Goodman. And John, John Goodman. Goodman. <laughs> John uh, fucking Goodman. Should we get the fuck out of here? Yes, we really, really should. This has been episode 206 of the A to Z Horrorcast. To check out everything we have going on, head on over to a to zhorror.com or come hang out with us on any of our social media channels. That's Facebook, that's Twitter, that's Instagram. We're on Patreon, as Jack mentioned at the top of the episode. That link's going to be down there in the description below as well. And if you're still here hanging out with us, you might want to consider becoming a Patreon member. There's really never been a better time, as we've been saying for the majority of the year now. Uh... Right now, your money is not going to us. It is going to a place that is going to make a difference. We're currently donating that all to Feeding America. So you're going to get the same great benefits as you otherwise would, but you're going to have the peace of mind of knowing that's going to a good place. Give it a consideration. As always, the music has been coming at you from Super Bear. Their link is down there in the description below as well. And next week, we are moving on to Patreon member movie selections. The first one of this current crop of horror movies is coming at us from Patreon member Jennifer. And we're going to check out a 2020 flick, which I'm super interested in. It's called The Beach House. Oh, shit. Don't know anything about it. Have heard it's good. She obviously recommended it, so I'm excited. And that's going to be coming roughly one week from today. (laughs) So until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some horror movies. Have a great week, everybody. Like, smoke it at night and wear clothes. PSA. The more you know.